It's the Hive Sports Podcast, bringing you all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State. Visit us at thehivesports.com. Against Gobert, puts his shoulder down, rolls inside, try to slam it home, and Rudy said, not tonight! John Beck is on the run, he throws behind him, it is, cut for the touchdown! Merrill for the lead, he's got it! Welcome to another episode of the Hive Sports, Cause Monday here on the Hive Sports Podcast. Uh, today we have a special guest, Harrison Glazer, and he's joining us all the way from New York tonight. And Harrison, uh, I'll let you introduce yourself a little bit. Thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, it's my pleasure, man. I'm really, really excited to be here, especially to talk with, you know, BYU fans, because I love Zach Wilson. I have loved Zach Wilson for a long time. I'm so excited that he's here. I can't wait to talk about him. It's it, it's an exciting time right now to be a Jet fan. And one of the favorite things, as you know, talking with BYU as well, I've watched people like shout out to, I believe Matt Patterson is his name. There's been so many BYU fans on Twitter who have come out now and said, we're now Jet fans. Like we <laughs> loved Zach so much. We are like, I, so many of them have become Jet fans. And that's what we're going to see because he, he is the answer. This kid is going to be amazing. And I'm so excited that he's our quarterback. Absolutely. I'm one of those BYU fans that's that's joining in on the, the take flight and, and Jets Nation just trying to get in and, and follow Zach. But not only Zach, I mean, Tristan Hodge, like I've mentioned to you before, I'm really, really excited. I want to let you um, for a second tell us about take flight media and what you're doing there and, and a couple of your podcasts, if you would. Without a doubt. So, yeah, if you guys want to check me out of my own company, Take Flight Media, we do reporting on the Jets, writings as well. You can check out our website, takeflightmedia.org. I, as well as others, write on the Jets, do reports on the Jets. One big thing I do is the podcast on YouTube. If you check me out, Monday nights at 7 p.m., it's called the Take Flight Spitting Fire Podcast, because that's what I do. I spit the fire about the Jets. It's a lot of fun. We talk about stuff. It's live. So people comment. We go back and forth. It it is a great time. So that's again Monday nights at seven. Wednesdays just like today. Earlier on Spreaker as well as many other applications. I do an all New York show, uh, all New York sports. Do IE Sports Radio. You can check me there at NY Jets TF Media. Friday I do the Weapon Saw podcast with myself, CJ D Simone, Jimmy Jardine, Kevin the Action Jackson. We are a great crew. It's a lot of fun. Talk all about the Jets. We even have a thing we do called After Dark, which is a lot of fun because we have a couple of shots and we say whatever we want, which is a very enjoyable. <laughs> uh, I'm to have a lot on going on on Twitter. I like to give Jets takes, videos, media reports, quotes, everything. So definitely check that out. Big Zach Wilson fan. Awesome. Thanks so much for that. Definitely go check it out. And we've been talking about like quarterbacks and linebackers. And then we've been talking for weeks about getting a follow up about Zach Wilson, um, just how Jets fans are feeling about him. I, uh, I got to know Harrison a little bit earlier this year. Dan and I spent some time with him and, and the crew on uh, the Weapons Hot podcast. So some pretty awesome content coming um, from Harrison from his uh, Take Flight Media. Thanks, man. Well, let's let's talk about Zach then a little bit. So you were telling me um, a little bit just before this, um, you were talking about your connection with Zach and kind of following him with Sam Darnold and maybe on the way out and Trevor Lawrence kind of um, being the, the number one guy, but you kind of started to look at other quarterbacks and, and dig into that. Do you want to give me some insight as to like what key things you kind of noticed in Zach that really caught your attention and, and what drove you towards him? Without a doubt. So 
I've noticed this for the longest time. I, I do my own eval. I do my own. If you guys want to check that out as well, I dig into draft prospects. I do my own boards and people say all the time, they look at my boards and go, well, your board's not the same as this guy's or that guy's. I'm like, well, yeah, that that's what makes it an evaluation. <laughs> if you wanted what they said, you can just get it there. So I do my own eval into this. And I've noticed with the quarterbacks, I just look at it differently. And I had, I actually, I started my podcast with this and it's kind of what prompted me to do it. Because as I'd mentioned with you talking about earlier, I was saying Zach was the second best quarterback in this draft back before anybody else was, before it was even being set. And I kept saying that I didn't like Fields. Like, I don't get the hype like that. that I don't get it. Like, he's a system quarterback. Doesn't make sense to me. And I went into a whole – So and people kept asking, why do you feel that way? What, what did you see in Wilson that others didn't see? I decided to do an episode on it. That's kind of what's funny. It's prompted my podcast starting out. It went really well. I did, like, a two-hour eval of just – everything I look for, like literally everything. And what I liked in Wilson, what I didn't like in fields, I explained the breakdown of what makes something a system quarterback. But when I first started watching Zach and the, the first thing I noticed was his ability in the pocket, which is what I don't get when people talk about, you know, I talk about my own eval. The first thing you hear about from others is arm strength. Like he's got a great arm, which, which is awesome. And he does, he has a great arm, but that's not the first thing I look for. Like if you like a great arm and I joke about that on Twitter all the time, like what do you see with these college quarterbacks? You see the guy drop back in a perfect pocket, throw a deep ball with no one around him. The receiver does most of the work to make the catch. And they're like, Oh my God, he's the greatest quarterback ever. But 90% of quarterbacks can make that deep throw, especially when there's no one in their face. So I just look at it differently. And what, specifically looking at Zach in the pocket because that's what I look for. It just blew my mind. And that's why so many people were comparing him to Patrick Mahomes and the Mormon Mahomes. My comparison was always Russell Wilson because I felt there's nobody I've ever seen with such an innate ability, the ability to just anticipate how defenders are lined up and how they match up on that offensive lineman and how they're going to break and when they break and the timing of it. No one does it like him. And that's why Seattle, I guess, has decided to never put a line around him because he tends (laughs) to win without one, which is kind of weird. But thank God the Jets are doing the opposite. They're building him a line. But I always compared him in that way. I loved his pocket awareness. It was just unbelievable. Like just the the way he was able to read situations and he would break simultaneously to pressures. He had was unfazed. It it, it blew me away. And he had a strong arm. He checked all those boxes. But the other big thing I loved about him is what I said was he throws wide receivers open. And the big thing people notice in Jets camp is that he has a great arm, but he also has the ability to, you know, anticipate when to do a lob throw or a shorter throw. He puts the right velocity depending on the situation. Situation. That's exactly what that means. Throwing receivers open is twofold. It's not just, you know, putting the ball in the perfect window, in the perfect spot, and the ability for only the receiver to catch it, but putting the right velocity, the right, you know, spin on the ball. It's everything. So he has that. And I, I love that about him. I expected him to be really awesome. He was the guy I wanted going back to the beginning of December. I kept saying, I want this guy. I want this guy. No one was talking about him. Finally, he became like the guy, like all of a sudden, I guess everybody was seeing what we were seeing. <laughs> they yeah. were like, he's the guy, he's the number two guy. And I'm like, okay, well, it went from him being a pipe dream to him hopefully being the surefire thing. And then I, I noticed something like the day before the draft or like, sorry, the morning of the draft, I started to like hyperventilate. Like it was weird. Like I was at work and I started to have like a panic attack. Like I was legit like freaking out. And that never happens to me. And I couldn't figure out why. And when I got home and I started doing a podcast episode talking about the draft, it was like an epiphany when I was talking to everyone, I realized I was stressed because even though we should get Zach Wilson, there's like a chance we won't. 
there's like a chance they're not gonna take him and like it scared the hell out of me so i'm just i'm so happy we have him like i have i have quotes from robert sala quotes from joe douglas the stats he's put up like he is he is the guy he's the one i wanted i i've said the jets haven't had a quarterback of his kind of talent since chad pennington that's honestly the way to put it a quarterback of that kind of potential and ability to be something and don't get me wrong i said all the time about the jets if chad hadn't got hurt man he would have been as good as brady yeah that's an awesome comparison. No, I, thanks for all that insight on on how you, I guess, broke it down. And one thing we noticed as BYU fans, for, different from his prior years, when he was like a freshman, sophomore, he was starting to fit balls into tight windows and he was hanging in the pocket. But something he really did develop, I feel like his senior year to a to an, I guess junior year, excuse me, to an extent that I hadn't seen in any BYU quarterback in my time of watching BYU football, was the ability to stay in the pocket. But when he did get out of the pocket, make creative throws that allowed production to happen or get a creative run out that he's like he's able to get down the field 10 20 30 yards and he's breaking tackles or shaking defenders in their shoes and he's just he has that all-around ability but he's just smart with it and I honestly think that's coming from a lot of it his film review a couple weeks back we were watching I was watching some videos on Twitter his family and him are out to dinner and he is just like absorbing film just watching film and film and somebody reaches out to his mom he's like uh, is Zach watching film while you guys are at dinner? And she's like, yep, he's uh, he's definitely watching film. That's what he does. <laughs> yeah, and that's what grinded my gears, man. That's what pissed me off so much, like with all that that rhetoric coming out against Zach. And, and you expect that. And that's honestly what you expect when you're that good. Because it's coming from another NFL team that's hoping to leak some kind of rumor to taint the guy so that he falls. So that he doesn't go two or three and maybe falls to five or six or seven and you can trade up for him or something like that. But all these rumors coming out, like for example, saying Zach Wilson and like wasn't a team first guy. It was it was insane. It was nuts. I mean, his teammates literally came forward like the next day. His coaches came forward and are like, that is so far from the truth. Like literally, not only was it a lie, it was the opposite. Like he was a team first guy. He was motivated. He was dedicated. He was a film junkie. He loves his teammates. His teammates love him. His coaches were saying he was a great guy, and people were saying, why is he not defending himself? Well. He doesn't have to. That, that's, the, yeah. that's the whole point of being a leader. His teammates and his coaches came and fought the battle. They were like, this is not correct. This rhetoric is wrong. And it was immediate. It wasn't even like a delayed reaction. I never got any of that. And we saw that in his pro day because they interviewed him in his pro day. And Zach said, I, I was trying to bring the quote up in front of me. I don't have it. I did tweet it out. But it was basically that he eats, sleeps, and breathes football. He was like, football's all I do. Like, I study film. Like, this is everything to me. Like, all I do is football. That's all I know. <laughs> and yeah. it even prompted the fact, which is funny, that Trevor Lawrence was supposed to be the heralded guy. When they asked him that question, and he was like, it's important, but I have a regular life. Everyone was like, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> like Zach said, football is everything. <laughs> and everyone yeah. just turned on him. <laughs> because it's true to Zach, football is his everything. This kid is a junkie of the film. And I have so many quotes of it. I'd love to share them with you. Just, I love them. Robert Sala had a couple. Robert Sala said, Zach Wilson loves ball. He's unflappable. He doesn't care whether something went good or bad. He wants to know why it went good or bad. He wants to learn from it. He's wired exactly the way you want all of your players to be wired. He yep. also 
said, I just love it. All the things that he said, I have them all right here. He also said, Zach Wilson is relentless in terms of his want and knowledge and in terms of studying. When he watches tape, the things he's able to pick up and recognize is very interesting. He's got a lot of horsepower in his mind. And Joe Douglas basically confirmed literally the same thing. Joe Douglas said he loves the confidence, loves the energy, loves the passion. He said, you see in our Zoom calls, one of the things that really stood out was his intensity. He was on the edge of his seat. He was close to his camera. You could tell how focused he was, how on top of it he was, his mental horsepower, again, saying that, the recall going through his plays, knowing the exact situation, the play call, the audibles, how defenses react. It was just so impressive. They literally said every hurdle that we had in our pre-draft process we felt like he cleared. And there's just so many. It's amazing. LaFleur was interviewed. LaFleur literally said he doesn't look like he gets tired of learning. All he wants to do is learn. This kid is just, he's amazing. He wants to absorb football, learn as much as he can, and he loves the game. He truly, truly loves the game. Robert Sala said you love his demeanor. You love his mindset. You love the way he attacks everything. You love the progress, and you trust that his mindset won't let him fail. Like, it's just, this kid checks everything. Even one answer he gave to the press. He gave them one answer. I think it was like, I have the date here. It was back in June, back when OTAs were going on. He gave one answer. And in that one answer, he said, he always watches film when he's away from football. He works hard, but just as hard as everybody else. If not, they work as hard as him, if not harder. Shows how humble he is. He said he hates feeling unprepared and not ready. And he loves new things in practice. You don't know what a D is going to throw at you. And he's going to do everything he can to be ready for training camp. I I just, I, I love this kid. I, I, I can't say it more. Just he, he checked every box I looked for. I expected him to be good, but he's just been... Unbelievable. Even Connor Hughes, one of the Jets beat writers, back when OTAs was going on, was watching them, and his direct quote was, he doesn't look good for a rookie, he just looks good. Like, yeah. just, just period. And I, I just can't wait. I just can't wait till the pads go on, the preseason starts, we get to see him jiving with the teammates. Just the sky is the absolute limit. I mean, that was the biggest thing, again, that turned me away from Sam Darnold. I mean, people said, you know, he could be good if he has good coaching and a good team and good talent. Well, maybe, yeah, maybe he can be good, but he's never going to be great. He's never going to yeah. be like a top five, top ten quarterback in the league. I believe Zach Wilson can be that. Absolutely. I, I agree with you 100%. He can definitely be that. And one of the things that's even more so is um, something I was telling you before as well. I noticed something that I haven't seen in any of the quarterbacks that have been in this draft, this entire draft. So not even like Trevor Lawrence, not Justin Fields, anybody, these players, um, they get together and, and they're practicing together outside of New York, outside of wherever they are, they're traveling together. They're, they're hanging out together. And Zach's got this team, not just Zach. I, I think there's other, other leaders on this team who have definitely um, built something strong in the, in the leadership ranks, but there's something about Zach that's allowed this team to kind of, use his moxie and use his his love for the game and his film study to really dive in and, and get together what what are your your takes on how he's kind of involved the other team members that have the new rookies as well as some of these these vets to to buy into the system oh my god i just love it i i absolutely love it it's everything you want it's everything i expected based on what i knew about him again these these rhetorics that were being spun i expected that but i just i love love to see it i've been talking about it in my podcasts when he first came on i think it was brandon eccles one of the rookies he got they all got together at like uh he tweeted he 
uh, put it out, I think, on Instagram. They all got together, like all the rookies at a house. Him, Zach, Michael Carter, Elijah Moore. They were renting a house together. They were hanging out. They were swimming in the pool. They've shown videos of the teammates just jiving with Zach. Like, you see all these videos that the Jets are posting of them just talking. They really like him. Like, this is... It's, it's again, it's everything I expected. Like, this was the kid I wanted. Like, I, I never wavered. Like, I immediately said, this is without a doubt the second best quarterback in this draft, if not in some ways, like we talked about earlier, in pocket awareness. In pocket awareness alone, he's better than Trevor Lawrence. That's a yeah. fact. He is. So it's... It, it's really amazing. Like I, I, this is the one I, the kid I wanted. I, I think there's just unbelievable potential. And again, he's, he's checks all these boxes. He's dedicated. He's motivated. He's a film junkie. Players gravitate to him. He's a leader. People said he wasn't a captain. I don't know what we had to do. It was me and four of the people. We found all the four jerseys that Zach Wilson colors wear with captain on it. We got the white one, the blue one, the black one. And there was another one with the captain logo. Like, what else do you want? Like Zach Wilson's a leader. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess we talked about this previously on the podcast. On the last podcast, uh, Dan and I joined you on. Um, there is that quote that says he's not just good for a rookie; he's just good. And mm-hmm. we were talking about he might need, you know, as a uh, just a new rookie QB, he might need a vet to come in and, and support him in this role. Do you still feel like there might need might might be a need for a vet to come in and kind of support him in his development and growth? Do you feel like he has enough right now? to just lead the team and, and go from now and, and lead the team? Or what, what are your takes on that? Does he still need somebody? Uh, well, that's interesting. I mean, this is the way I've looked at it. And I think this is a, a good way to look at it, honestly. Um, it's unfortunate. I'm looking actually, you know, things going on. But but with with, uh, with, with that situation, the, the best way I would look at it is I say uh, – you know, people say bring in a veteran quarterback like like uh, like Sam Darnold had Josh McCown, which is great. But that's because the quarterback coaches were bad. I mean, Jeremy Bates, God, I mean, just forbid, you know, Adam Gase when he was in there. It was just the worst. I mean, if you Robert Sala, I feel and a lot of Jet fans feel, you know, can be a really good head coach. He's a motivator. He's energetic. He's in the CEO type. And he, you know has a great energy players gravitate to him. They're willing to run through a wall for him. It's really, really exciting. And if you believe in him and the coaches he's putting in place, well, then I think, you know, not bringing in a veteran at the moment, a tells you they're, you know, intrigued with what they see in guys like James Morgan and uh, Mike white, but also that they maybe, you know, believe in the quarterback coach, for example, to, you know, teach Zach Wilson, to work with him, you know, to work with uh, Michael LaFleur, the offensive coordinator. I think he's looking for, you know, more forward to those kind of relationships if they're not bringing in a veteran guy. That makes sense. And I, a prayers up to the Jets family right now with everything that's going on, like you mentioned. Um, hopefully, uh, I just, I really think Zach will, no matter what, um, he'll develop, he'll he'll push himself. So whether he gets a vet, my my take has always been he can lead from go, he can lead now. Um, he's ready to take the reins. He is a mix of, I mean, a Russell Wilson. He's got some Tom Brady aspects to him with just the the ability to throw and, and make it look effortless. He's got some, uh, I mean, Aaron Rodgers looks in him. I think he has some Patrick Mahomes style to him. And I think that's partly because of his study of the game and his study of his own game, but the study of the greats. And, and I think he's trying to really become um, – 
one of those quarterbacks that could look down the road and say, oh, man, he's one of the greatest of all time, whether it be the greatest in every aspect or the greatest, at least in multiple areas. I, I think the Jets have some some pretty bright future there. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Tristan Hodge because he's another BYU guy there on the Jets. Um, offensive lineman um, picked up um, undrafted free agent. Uh, and I noticed some some Twitter postings from the Jets as well as from BYU that he's been doing pretty well. Uh, any thoughts on, on Tristan Hodge there um, on the offensive line? Will he get reps or is he kind of a – where is he at in, in your mind? I mean, right now, and it's nothing against Tristan Hodge whatsoever. Just a beautiful problem the Jets have right now, and it's a beautiful problem to have, is they actually have talent. And they have people that are, you know, able to compete at positions where there's actually talent to compete at those positions. And that's actually really exciting. I've talked about going into Jets training camp. There's a good amount of positional values. Back on my podcast, I did like a almost two-hour episode where I talked about all the different positional values on the Jets. There's like almost 10 of them. It's really crazy. Oh, and yeah, no, it's but that's good though. But the point is in the past with the Jets, it was always, you know. Uh, who's going to step up, you know, out of all of these scrubs or whoever, who's going to be the guy. Now the problem is we have all this talent. Like who's going to be the one that shows like we have a wide receiver battle between Denzel Mims and Keelan Cole. We have a battle at guard, which is what you were just kind of talking about with Hodge. So we have a veteran in Greg Van Roten. He's been around a long time. When we got him from the Panthers, he'd been an average guard for many years. He's a very solid technician. He's most likely going to be the starter. What's interesting is a guy like George Fan, who's now been kicked out of his position because we signed Morgan Moses, which is great. Morgan Moses is just awesome. A major, major upgrade over George Fan. But maybe Fan is the right guard. It creates a competition where, unfortunately, most likely Hodge is on the outside looking in. I mean, he'd really, and message to him if he's listening by chance, he'd have to really step it up in training camp. When the pads go on, he has to shine, especially in preseason, can't allow a sack. You have to look really, really good. I mean, it's possible, but he flashed in OTAs. So I think even if he doesn't, you know, get an opportunity, and those veterans do, even though he flashed in OTAs, I think he's destined for the practice squad. Guys like him, there's a guy, Parker, uh, there's another guy I'm blanking on the name right now but there's about three or four offensive linemen the Jets got as undrafted free agents that most likely could be practice squad candidates absolutely I guess um, with the Jets practice squad and, and some of that depth that they have um, do you are those guys that the Jets usually try to get in during preseason games they get them some reps get them some extra looks or is that not something that they really do they try to focus on their one two one two deep and, and try to I guess three deep <laughs> Um, or where are you at with that? I guess not, not that I watch the jets a ton. Um, but just, yeah. What have you seen in years past? Well, I mean that that's always the case, especially in the preseason. I mean, you have certain games in the preseason, like, you know, game four, for example, where the starters, even though depending, you know, they might be cutting that away. We're, we're seeing, you know, with the preseason, maybe cutting back, but that last yeah. game, usually I don't see starters period. Like, you don't yeah. even see them at all. So you're going to see a lot of the other guys. And that's, that's what I'm saying. That's their opportunity to shine. A perfect example is a guy who I thought should have been drafted last year. And that's Bryce Huff, a guy out of Memphis. He was an excellent edge rusher, I thought. Very good with his hand in the dirt. Pretty good as a standing linebacker as well. Versatile. I thought he'd be a fifth to seventh round pick. He went undrafted. And I figured, well, he'll get you know, a couple of opportunities, not many, but when he gets them, if he flashes, he'll get more. And that's exactly what's happened. He's kind of become a rotational starter. So for Hodge, again, he's going to get 
some opportunity. Obviously, he's going to get opportunities in camp because in camp, everyone's always rotating. That's how camp works. Camp's the yeah. ones, the twos, the threes. The, everyone's always rotating. So you get an opportunity, especially the pads are on now. You get more of an opportunity to show who you are because physicality is now back in the uh, you know equation, which is so important, which is why I joke about, you know, again, on the Jet podcast I'm on, so many guys we see in OTAs, I call them, you know, short superstars. <laughs> they look great when they got the shorts on at OTAs, but you never see them again. You don't yeah. see them in the in the training camp or preseason. They're gone. They're they're non-existent. The Jets have had so many of those guys, mainly a wide receiver, but so yeah. many of those guys. So, there's a couple. There's a couple of those guys from BYU. The reason I bring that up in years past, I'm watching preseason games because Taysom Hill, for example, goes undrafted free agent with the um, with the Green Bay Packers. He gets some preseason game reps, and then I mean he doesn't get picked up by the Packers, and the Saints swoop in, and then he comes becomes a Swiss Army knife for him. And then you have Dan Sorensen who plays for the Chiefs now, but he started out on a, a practice squad and kind of worked his way up. And then I mean Michael Davis, who's the cornerback there in. Uh, in uh, San Diego, he just signed a huge deal um, to make a ton of money. I mean, I was a uh, big a fan of him. I was I was so hoping that San Diego was going to let him walk. Uh, he <laughs> was majorly slept on. They used him as like a CB four, even though I thought he was so much better than that. He's big, physical. He's everything you want in an outside shutdown corner. I was I really wanted the Jets to get him. He was definitely on my radar in free agency. Yeah, there, there's something about him. And I mean, just these other guys that there's, I mean, even you mean, I mean, Harvey Longy, uh, who was with the Jets, and I think he he's now elsewhere. He was exciting last year, man. I mean, the, the thing with him was he was played out of position. And that's what's interesting. He, obviously, he belonged in this kind of a spot. He was an excellent tackler and good at tracking whoever had the ball. But he wasn't, you know, kind of great at everything else, specifically edge rushing. They had him as an edge rusher for a long time and it wasn't really coming to fruition, but they move him to a middle linebacker and all of a sudden he's toward the top of the league in tackles. And it's like, where have you been? So that tells you, you know, I kind of was interested to bring him back as depth at middle linebacker. Yeah. yeah that's what I was really hoping to as well. Um, he really kind of by you and kind of got a look um, with the Patriots for a while before he got in a car wreck with his wife. Um, and I, I mean, he's going to have still some success. I think he got picked up somewhere, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but he he is going to be somebody that still sticks around in the NFL. And I, I'm really excited for either way. If Tristan Hodge does get opportunity, I hope they have a preseason just so that I can kind of watch how he plays in this role where some of these other BYU players seem to have shined and got their their time. And I know part of that is camp as well. But if he can get that chance to, to show what he's got, I think some injuries kind of plagued him um, last year. Um, with COVID, especially getting COVID for part of the season and then pneumonia. And it kind of set him back, but I think he's been working really hard to get back. And it might take a little bit of time. And Man, my really heart just broke. <laughs> my, my heart just broke. And I think you might, you'll, you'll definitely find this funny. I was just talking about how good Harvey Lange was, you know, middle linebacker and the potential. And so were you. I just yep. looked it up because we weren't sure where he went. As a Jet fan, I can say that Harvey Lange is now a New England Patriot. <laughs> he's back so in. that's <laughs> that that's a little bit of a slap in the face <laughs> him and kyle van Oy, man that stinks in. man they're good though i mean i don't want to you know crap they're good players it just it's it, it stinks they're on that the patriots <laughs> yeah this is this has been one of the most exciting draft processes this last year watching zach kind of take off watching tristan watching all these byu guys five in all drafted seven more goes as free and agents. dax milne is receiver 
I know Dax Millen is going to be amazing yeah. there with the with Everyone was, a lot of Jet fans were saying that they were like guys. I mean Zach, and that was a big thing. You know, if we talk again about Zach Wilson a little bit because there's just there's so much I can say about him, man. Just the arguments again. This he doesn't play against competition. I'm like, how do people not get that that argument works for Zach Wilson? And against their guys. Like, I didn't get that. Like, you're making an argument, but it's the opposite. Because those guys, like, I make, I talk a, a whole thing about system quarterbacks. With That's why at Ohio State, we haven't seen quarterbacks, you know, that just lists and lists and lists of busts. And, again, with Trevor Lawrence listed as generational, kind of is a system quarterback. I mean, it's an excellent system put in place by Dabo Sweeney. I mean, like yeah. with Alabama, Nick Saban, I said this about Jones. I'm not knocking the system. But it's there for a reason. It's a dominant system that the quarterback is going to thrive in. There's built-in fail-saves. I went through that in the in the podcast. Zach didn't have that. I called it the predictability factor at Ohio State. Like I don't. I made a joke. I hope they don't come after me. But I kind of found it. Like I watched. Like okay, when the play breaks down like this, the receivers cut. Like there's 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 a pattern to it. There was no pattern to BYU. They and again, I'm not trying to knock BYU. They don't have that great coaching, but it made Zach that much better. Like he elevated the entire system around him. So that competition argument doesn't work because it actually works in favor of Zach Wilson. Yeah, absolutely. That's one thing BYU fans this year are looking for because we have a new quarterback battle and they're kind of wondering who's going to be this guy that can make, even though the system is still kind of developing with a new offensive coordinator, having Grimes left to go play at Baylor or coach at Baylor and taking the offensive line coach and Eric Mateos, you have the guy who, who really recruited and brought Zach in and, and was his main uh, um, main coach in Aaron Roderick. And then, I mean, you're wondering who's going to pick up that slack where Zach left off because he's just so good. Exactly what you said. It well, baby, maybe baby brother's going to take the reins. <laughs> <laughs> That's the hope. And I mean, Isaac Wilson, he, he is being recruited heavily by a couple different schools uh, already. He is um, he's received offers from BYU. I believe he already has an offer from Utah, USC as well. But he's he's competing this year against a guy who's already committed to play at USC. So we'll see if he kind of wins out that job. If he wins it out, he could be a four-star at the end of his sophomore year. And I, I have no doubts he could be a five-star by the end of his senior year. And part of that is the exposure he's gotten from his brother. Uh, thanks to Zach, he's he's been able to get that. But a lot of it also is just himself performing. His dad does a great job at getting him in front of the right people, making the right moves. And uh, I'm really excited for the Wilson family. Two brothers playing linebacker at BYU, too. So there's some great things coming that way. There's this party that um, Zach Wilson's uncle set up with JetBlue with his plane where fans can travel from the BYU-Utah game on September 11th and then come see Zach. Um, and it's like 600 bucks just to fly on this plane. Um What's your uh, your pitch to get BYU fans out to support Zach and, and, and come to a couple games out there? Anything that we should go see in, in the New York area? And um, besides the fact that we love Zach, is there anything specific um, in, in the fall in New York that is just amazing about football that oh, I mean, we wouldn't experience? I mean, I, I think me even saying anything is almost an injustice. I mean, come on, guys. It's, it's New York City. It's NYC. <laughs> this is the greatest city in the world. I, there, there is nothing that needs to be said. Everyone knows what New York City is and what New York City has to offer. If you haven't been here, you should come. <laughs> I love it. And then Jets fans as well. Like um, any specific gear we should pick up, uh, any players we should watch besides. Well, I know you guys Zach are going to get a Zach Wilson jersey, which I can't wait to do too, man. Like that's <laughs> that, that I, I'm, I'm planning on getting one very soon. I have it uh, have it in the works. <laughs> my buddy, uh, Terrell Williams on Twitter, he already hooked his up. And then my other buddy, Nate on Twitter, uh, he also hooked his up already with, I think it's the white, and one of them got the green. 
but I, I'm trying to decide still. I'm, I'm trying to get my wife on board to let me buy something that way. So <laughs> it'll be pretty awesome. Let me just say any last words on Zach Wilson, any last words on Zach Wilson before we, before we finish off tonight? Yeah, just quick. I would just say, you know, unlike Darnold being, you know, Adam Gaze, a coach that knows how to take a square peg and try to force it in a round hole as hard as possible and never changes that. We have a coach that knows how to adapt and he's going to build around Zach Wilson. And one thing Zach Wilson does great is on the play action pass. And that's exactly what this offense is built around. It's built around a strong run game that opens up the play action game, especially the deep passes. And just one interesting stat to show about Zach Wilson is PFF shows that Zach Wilson earned 12.6 yards in attempt on all play action passes in 2020, which was third in all of football. And he had 20 touchdowns with no interceptions on those play actions. He was fourth in all of football on his quick passes, which is also important in this system, a West Coast, with a 79.5 completion percentage. And against the Blitz, when they were in his face, he had the third most touchdowns, which is 16, and the fourth highest completion percentage at 69.7 in all of college football. Like, people didn't see it, but they found out fast. They finally found out that this kid is the real deal. And one amazing thing that he said, which is so true and why he's so great, is he said, there are so many small things that change momentum and can change a game. That's, uh, that's what separates everybody in this league. It shows that the littlest details are what make the biggest difference. And that's the most important thing. And that's really just what I want to leave it with Zach Wilson. He understands that it's, it's everything. It's every detail down to the smallest one. It's everything that makes the difference. And he knows what it takes to be great. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. Cause I really do. I believe his downfield passing and his, his ability to, to send the ball downfield without having the ball picked off hit ball in the tight windows and everything that way is something that sets him apart and makes him, uh, like you said, a, a generational quarterback, maybe even though people miss that he's a generational quarterback, he really is that. I, I do actually have one more question for you. I, I wanted to ask you, if you had to kind of gauge where the Jets end with wins and losses and playoff appearance, do you, do you have any final predictions on, on before we head out, what would be your prediction for the Jets this year? That's been an interesting one. And a lot of people have been wondering that. And what I've seen is there's two ends of the spectrum. They're the ones that know how great Zach Wilson can be, understand how great this team has been built. Like, don't forget Joe Douglas, according to team places like Bleacher Report, had the best free agency, and he did. I'm not going to go through the whole list, but just the best free agency, unbelievable draft, used the draft to put amazing talent around Zach Wilson. The sky's the limit. A lot of people say 10 plus, 11, make the playoffs. Some say, you know, it's the same old Jets. I fall somewhere in the middle. I say 10-11 is possible, especially because they don't know us. That's the thing. How do you prepare for Robert Sala as a head coach, for Michael Flores as a first-time OC, for Zach Wilson as the coach of the Jets, with Corey Davis as his wide receiver, with Elijah Moore? You don't. That's You can't. So they can come out of the and I've been saying this, they got to come out of the gate and punch teams in the mouth. Like, they can't be ready for them. It's not possible. They're going to figure it out after two or three weeks because it's the NFL. You know, it's the National Football League. But those first few weeks, man, they could be 3-0 and if they play their cards right. I mean, I don't think they can beat the Titans, but they can be 3-0 and if they play their cards right. So I think the sky's the limit, but at the same time, I'm realistic. I don't think they're going to be bad because, again, they almost fell ass backwards last year into three wins. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> I feel it's probably more like between six and eight. And if that's the case... 
I'm just looking for progress because the most important thing people have to remember is Rome wasn't built in a day. This Jet team has been the pinnacle of dysfunction. Joe Douglas has changed that, but it takes a little time. I think all the pieces are in place, but if it's a six to eight win team, as long as Zach Wilson looks good, the throws look good, the decision-making is getting better. He looks better. The team is gelling. If things are moving in the right direction, then I'm cool with that. So I kind of fall in that range, that it's probably going to be somewhere in the middle, but as long as things look good and things are moving good, then I'm happy. But hell, if they come out and they punch teams in the mouth and Zach Wilson is everything I expect him to be, man, they could be a playoff team. And my take on that is if the Jets make the playoffs for the first time in a decade, Robert Sala's coach of the year, just done. Automatic lock coach of the year. I can tell you've done your research, man. I love it when somebody's actually dug deep. Yeah, and that's and always really been knows. a big thing with me. And that's what I talk about with my site. I'm very analytic-based, fact-based, research-based. That's why I call a spade a spade. Like, if I don't like the guy. That's why everyone's like, you're so optimistic about Zach. I'm like, yes, I freaking love the kid. Like, from everything <laughs> I look for. Like, give me someone else. Everyone's like, I love George Fant. I'm like, eh. He was barely average last year. Morgan Moses is a huge upgrade. So yeah, I just, everything with Zach Wilson jumps off the board. I don't get what took people so long to realize it, but I was just really, it was exciting to see everyone come along. Like just a little by little, everyone's like talking about Zach being the second guy. And it was just, it was really fun to watch. Yeah. He's, he's definitely turned into more than that for me, just the social media side and Hey, there were others like Theismann said he's the guy. They're like, he's better. And I feel like, you know, in pocket awareness, he definitely is. Like in certain aspects like that, it's – and Armstrong, they're pretty damn close. Like everyone's like, Trevor's got a rocket, but Zach's, Zach's rocket's pretty damn close to Trevor's. I don't see what the hype is with Trevor Lawrence only because, I, like you said – It's because of the high school. Of- that's why. Like it's because – and that's the thing. Like I – like it's everyone's mislabeled the generational prospect. They've turned it in their minds to mean this guy is going to be great in the NFL, like the next great quarterback. That's not what it means. The generational prospect means the greatest throughout collegiate time for the last decade or so. And Zach, I love him, but he, you know, wasn't the greatest through collegiate time. Trevor Lawrence was like heralded since high school. Like since high school, they put a halo on the kid. And they're like, you will be the one that leads us to the promised land. Like he's been the guy for like so long. So that's what like labels him as the generational prospect. But if anything, it puts more stress on the kid. Like people forget these kids are actually human beings. Like they treat them like commodities. Like he, the stress of being a generational prospect, like if he fails, it's much more astronomical than if anybody else fails. Yeah, no, definitely. I think Justin Fields in the same boat because he got onto that Netflix show, like QB1 or whatever, and everybody hyped him up that he's going to Ohio State. And then because he goes to Ohio State and he's in a good system and he's playing against, I mean, Big Ten talent, they're like, oh, Justin Fields is the guy. And so for so long, him and Trevor Lawrence back and forth, I mean, that's who they're looking at. And they're just kind of ignoring. They're kind of looking at Trey Lance a little bit. They're kind of starting to talk about Zach Wilson after he won his first three games um, last year. But it took, I feel like, until game nine and I, having some of these teams not be able to play and only being able to see certain people that it's like, oh, wow, maybe they actually do have something going on at BYU with Zach Wilson. And I, I really hope – I'm also really optimistic because the guy who was working with uh, Zach in John Beck before going to New York, he's working with BYU's next quarterback in Jaron Hall who's likely going to be their starter. So I'm really hopeful he kind of... And the exciting thing is you guys are big BYU fans. The exciting thing for BYU, the exciting thing for them is, you know, and I mentioned this with the system quarterbacks, there's a reason I talked about that. You know, it's... Think of Ohio State, Clemson, uh, Alabama. They're 
always in it, regardless of who the players are. They're always in it because they bring in the top talent and the system is good because the coaching is good. The product is good. They're always at the top. It's hard to make it to that level by Zach taking a team that wouldn't have been ranked without him and making them as highly ranked as they were for a while, actually, it could bring in, you know, better prospects down the road. It could bring, you know, higher level of prospects to BYU, which could in turn change the culture over time. Absolutely. They already had a five-star corner. Not that it's like offense, but he's like, okay, there's something with the coaching staff that Zach raved about the coaching staff. But when he got drafted that night, he's like, thanks coach Kalani. Thanks coach Roderick. And he's just like shouting out John Beck. He shouts out like everybody who ever had an impact on him. And then you start seeing these players come to these BYU summer camps. So you're like, wait, there's a five-star guy. Wait, there's a four-star guy. Those guys never come to BYU camps. Like, and they're actually talking up BYU and cheering, uh, chilling in the gear and taking pictures. It's like, okay, maybe there is something changing here in Provo. <laughs> it's kind of cool. No, that's exciting. Yeah. And it's funny because Utah totally, like I did my research on Zach, Utah totally screwed themselves because he wanted to go to Utah originally because that's where his father went. Like, yeah. I mean, he, it's, it, it's amazing. Like, we just think Zach or Jack Tuttle for that because uh, Jack Tuttle was the reason they didn't recruit him. <laughs> and and then Jack Tuttle dipped on Utah and went over to Indiana, and I don't even know where he got with Indiana now. But um, <laughs> yeah, they, that's what he should be remembered for. He should always be remembered as the guy that passed on Zach Wilson. <laughs> exactly right. We've been we always joke on Twitter about that, but it's it's pretty awesome. So I'm really excited for Robert Sala, and I'm really excited for the offense. Really excited for the defense. I really think they have some cool pieces in place, and I'm excited. I, I'm trying to convince my wife to let me come to a game out there, whether it's on that plane or a later game. I, I do want to come and, and join um, and and just really enjoy the game, watching the NFL game because I've never been to one. Um, but first time in New York would be a pretty pretty dope place to go see for a first game. So, yeah, I, uh, an important message to BYU fans. And as a longtime Jet fan, I talk about it. I talk about my grandfather who made me a fan, who's not with us anymore. Most of us who've been fans our whole life, we've taken our lumps. We, we've been through it. But we've never had people, you know, care about the team and, and be excited about the team. We are so excited to see new blood. Like, you would think it's the opposite, but it's not. Diehard Jet fans, it's like a shot of adrenaline. It's like there are people that are excited about us, and it makes us excited, and I'm excited. So please, please bring it. Come to the Jets. Come to the fandom. Come to Zach Wilson. We welcome you with wide open arms. (laughs) Thank you so much, man. Well, uh, that will conclude our uh, episode of Cause Monday. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Hive Sports. Um, Check out all the articles that are written there and everything on there. Thank you so much, Harrison, for joining us once again. And go Cougs. My pleasure, man. Thank you for having me. TheHiveSports.com has all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State, covering prep, college, pro, and church sports. No way, really? Okay, maybe not that last one. If you want to stay in the know about all things Jazz, Cougars, Aggies, and Utes, then this is the site for you. TheHiveSports.com. We may even feature your high school, so check us out today at TheHiveSports.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out TheHiveSports.com because we got the buzz.